Varum is relationships. Varum is you and me and everyone in America. What are you talking about? The room is different cookie cutter mm-hmm. from Hollywood. Yeah, man, you never know. People are very strange these days. What's going on? Welcome to the Room Minute, the podcast where we get obsessed with the cinematic classic, The Room, one minute at a time. You have no idea what kind of trouble you're in here, do you? Why are you so hysterical? We always wanted people actually talk about it. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Allison. Oh, hi, Rob. Oh, hi, listeners. We're here to talk about Minute 69 of The Room, in which, well, metaphorically, this is really just one more sex scene, right? Yep. 69. Oh, hi, Johan. How's it going? Pretty good. Yeah, we finish out that really extended shot of the Golden Gate Bridge. Yep. And then we go to Golden Gate Park. Yep. Specifically 898 John F. Kennedy Drive, if you want to go there. Oh. Mark is waiting by a tree. Johnny parks way too far from the curb. What kind of car is that? Is that a Mercedes? I don't know. I don't know cars. <laughs> it's probably not Tommy's. Though. Yeah. He specifically wouldn't use his own car in the shot earlier, <laughs> even though they were only showing the inside of it when Greg was doing the phone call. Oh, that is weird. Yeah. He didn't want anyone to know what car was his. Something I didn't catch when we recorded this episode originally is that, yes, this is, as Johan guesses, a Mercedes, but I didn't check this part from the disaster artist. Tommy turned up 20 minutes late, driving a shiny new white 1998 Mercedes-Benz C280. I hadn't been expecting that. What had I been expecting? A hearse? Maybe a decommissioned ice cream truck? I would have sooner expected him to land a crop-dusting biplane on Market Street than pull up alongside the Bank of America curb in an eye-searingly spotless white Benz. So, this might actually be Tommy's car. Mark brought the football. You know, good thinking. Good thinking! They got something to do. And then Tommy's dressed like a Russian gangster <laughs> running a nightclub. <laughs> what is that? Like it's Tommy. Okay, so it's bright red. Are they football gloves or batting gloves? I don't know what football gloves look like. They're they're kind of similar. It's because football gloves have a sticky palm. Oh, yeah. If he knew those existed, I'm sure he would have gotten that. Yeah, but I don't think he had them because we'll get to it in a later note. He had trouble catching the ball. Oh no, it's it's. I was going to bring that up. It's totally visible he has a problem catching the ball. This location is actually where, early in their relationship, Greg suggested he and Tommy go hang out and throw a football. And Tommy had never thrown a football before that. He claimed to like football, but he didn't know anything about it, never thrown one. Oh, my God. So he's totally enamored with throwing a football. Yeah. Oh. Okay, let's continue away. Tommy's dressed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He has a baggy black tank top, purple track pants, and look just regular black shoes. He's definitely trying to show off his arms. Yes. That's evident. But there's no when this movie was filmed, right? What do you mean? Or, I mean, there's no, like, when this scene was filmed. Because it looks like it probably was cold. And everybody oh, uh, else- well, it would have been, this is September, Maybe early October at this point, because this is after all the production is over that they did the shooting in San Francisco. So it is cold. Yeah, it could be. Keep in mind, the film is effectively set in May, so it's not supposed to be cold. So he's just showing off his guns for no reason. Yeah, yeah. Because Greg looks like he's dressed reasonably. He wore this black shirt uh for the alley football scene where uh Mike got knocked over. He was he was wearing this. Oh, jeez. 
He likes showing off his arms. Yep. And that's okay. He's got nice arms. He, at one point, he has a black tank top on to show off his... Just like Gedevin. Just like Gedevin. If this is like like a, a thing where there's a delusional director who there's thinks something they're a about black tank tops. And then black tank tops is also a thing. It's, it's some kind of like mental problem. That, that's <laughs> a reoccurring, like diagnosable problem. I wonder. Yeah. Like the, the, the psychologist is like sitting there like, do, do you often wear a black tank top during your films? Neil Breen wears black tank tops. Yeah. Yes. yes. Neil Breen wears black tank yes. tops. Okay. It, we have a pattern now. We have a pattern now of delusional behavior by these fucking weirdos. At this point, it's a theory, and we're calling it the black tank top theory. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to investigate this. If you are a, a, an older schlubby guy who's, who's pathetic in real life, but has to make a film to live out your fantasies yes. of being an action star slash ladies man. At some point in that film, you will wear a black tank top. Yeah, and and that is a key. It's it's a <laughs> it's a hallmark of your psychosis. Yeah. So I want to bring up the way Tommy Wiseau is playing football here because <laughs> okay. it, it made me laugh when when Mark slash Greg throws a football at him. He does this thing with his feet. Do you notice it? Where he quickly starts stepping. That means he's trying to bounce himself in the middle of a throw because he's trying to plant himself while he's running. Yeah. So when you play football, when the, a lot of times the cornerback, if you're the wide receiver is looking at you, he doesn't kind of look for the ball because he doesn't want to turn around. So he watches the movement of the person. So when you do that, it's a telltale that the ball is coming. Mm, yeah. Also like the eye movements and everything and where that person's positioned, where he has his hand, etc. So a lot of times you'll see the cornerback only looking at the wide receiver. And that's basically the, the reason why is when you do that, that is a telltale that the ball is coming. But then every time he does it, he really doesn't position himself correctly to receive a catch. <laughs> because if you look at second 36 to 37, his feet are close to each other and he's back to the ball. He's not trying to receive it. He's like going back to where the ball is supposed to be. So he's off balance on that catch. Hmm. <laughs> you might as well be speaking French. Okay, so <laughs> he looks like an eight-year-old playing football. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm just impressed with, like, how your knowledge. I'm like, I don't know anything. To me, it looks fine. I'm like, I can't catch. I, I, got play, I played football in high school, and these are things that got yelled at to me. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm just impressed. So someone yelled at me about these things. So... I'm not saying I'm an expert, but definitely someone smarter than me told me what I was doing wrong. Mm. So when I see this, I'm like, oh, that is what I was doing wrong. See, I, I didn't notice the form so much as it was just, it all feels yeah. so weird because it looks like he has never caught a ball before, which no, he, he hadn't until just a few years before this. Yes. But so when you get older and you start playing more and more football, you, these things start to fade away because you're playing with people in the street and all that. So you start to catch while running, etc. So that's why Mark slash Greg doesn't do these things. It's because he probably knows how to do this and he's probably played like in a backyard for fun. Right. So he doesn't have these telltales of playing, of the way he plays. And the way Tommy's throwing, it is like shot putting lacrosse and letting the ball slide off your finger. Yeah. Like he kind of throws it from the like a sidearm but not over and then you can tell that he's trying to add a spiral at the same time by letting it like kind of leave his fingers. So it looks good, 
but it's really crappy form. Yeah. So it, it looks like he's never really even played a sport. It's funny you said shot putted because uh that is how Greg describes it in the disaster artist. Oh really? <laughs> when they first threw football, he said he shot putted the ball toward me. Yeah. But it's like he's trying to throw now, but at the same time he's really concentrating on trying to make it spiral. Yeah. He wants it to look like Johnny is good at this. Yes. Which is great. Yeah. Now there is uh was it second twenty six, there's a big continuity well, a continuity thing. When they switch to the angle from inside the park. Two things. Mark has the ball, but he shouldn't. Yes. And Mark's hat is gone. Yes. Because in the disaster artist, he talks about it. Almost immediately after they started filming, the wind tore the visor off his head. Oh. And Tommy told him, forget this primitive hat. You look like a parking lot man. So they didn't chase after it. They just kept filming. Oh, my God. All right. <sighs> Tommy blamed Greg for the way he had trouble catching the ball. The first time they ran into frame, Tommy dropped the football when I threw it to him. Throw me the ball the correct way, damn it, he said. He dropped the next pass to and accused me of trying to make him look bad on film. Uh, as though Tommy's remarkable case of alligator hands were my fault. On the next run, I gave him a soft floating lob, which he also dropped. Damn it, Greg, why you throw this tricky stuff? <laughs> His anger was getting uncomfortably livid. On my last attempt, I threw the ball to him as softly as possible, saying, catch this in French. Tommy's eyes turned into grim more like slits. No French, he said. No French words, damn it. The crew watched in awe as Tommy abruptly charged and tackled me, which we get to see in the film. Yes. That's the take that they use is him getting mad and tackling him, but they just added a bunch of ADR useless dialogue. Them laughing. To make it sound like they're having witty banter, I guess. Not witty, but like casual. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, especially when I was younger, like when you go outside to throw the football, as high energy hormonal children go throwing a football, we've never yelled this much throwing a football. Yeah. The woohoo! Yeah, this is fun. Yeah. What's this? We've never done that. And also the switching positions, like, I don't get that. I think it's supposed to show some form of athletic prowess that you can do this on the move. But you only do this when you're, I've only done this when I'm playing hockey. You're skating around with somebody else and you're trying to make those pass and receive while in the movement. But you go around in a circle just doing this. Yeah. So. They don't need to. No. Wait a minute. Johnny's gloves are fingerless. Yeah. What is the point to that? <laughs> I just noticed their feet. Fashion icon. Yeah. Oh, this makes it so. Where did first off? Where did he buy those gloves? Like, who's who would sell this? And then they go. Finally, it's sold because there's. You no, can buy fingerless gloves, but they're more for like looks. Yes, but they're also athletes. dual colored. The palm is. Yeah, normally aren't they? So I don't. Uh, anyway, so this minute's ending with what looks like Tommy tackling Greg. Yep. Purposely. Yes. Because it looks like he's like ready to receive a ball because of the way Tommy's throwing it. Like it's overhand. Then he just drops it and then just kind of clotheslines him like really hard on the shoulder. Yep. Cause you can tell Greg was not ready for this. No. Like at second 53, you can see that this was a tough hit cause it's wrapped around and I'm not sure if this is a real sound, but it looks like he just clobbers him straight in the, the middle of his chest. Like from 52 to the tackle, yeah. it looks like he just really hits him in the center of his chest. He hits him with the football, which is nerfed, so it's not that bad. But yeah, he hits him right in the chest. I thought the ball was tossed to the ground. He didn't hit him with the football at all. I thought he did. 
No, the football, he throws the football to the ground and then straight. Oh, that's his glove. Yeah. And it straight hits him in the the chest. Yeah. The football falls down. And yeah, he hits him with his hand. And you can see the grimacing look on Greg's face because he did not expect it. And this is a real hit. And obviously he is mad, just like in the disaster artist. Yeah. They changed the context for that movie, but yeah, it was one, an argument of theirs. Yes. In this case, it was because finally Greg pissed him off by saying something in French. Yeah. Tommy did not want any foreign languages in his film. Mm. He probably should have stopped talking. <laughs> <laughs> so at least for a second, 59, we are, we moved our shot to a skyline. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Same place. What, what I loved when they're in the park though is there's a couple people in the background. One of them disappears partway through, but the guy doing like Tai Chi is there the entire time. And I'm like, that guy must have been there for a while. Oh, no way. Yeah. He's off to the right by the bushes and he's still there when they, the tackling happens. I mean, they might not have been filming that long because I'm sure they weren't doing tons of extra takes. Yeah. I'm trying to see this. So I'm looking at when they go into the park. Oh yeah, there he is in the background. There's two people there. Yeah, there's one farther away. Yeah, there he goes. He's just changes position too because he's not part of the shot. Yeah, <laughs> like he's facing one, completely facing like one direction, and then changes it up in one shot because it looks like they're supposed to change positions, but instead it's the guy in the background that does. Oh, now I see oh, it. Oh god, this movie's. Just... <laughs> this is what happens when you film in public. You have no control of the people in the background. Right. And they're not going to try to control them because then someone might get them in trouble for filming. Yep, 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 yep. Anything else on this minute? Was it two establishing shots in this minute? Yeah, starts with Golden Gate Bridge and ends with the skyline. Yep, so we have three seconds of establishing shot at the beginning and end of this minute. <laughs> well, we have to know where we are. Oh, man, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm there. <laughs> Seeing so much of the city, I think I know more about it than I ever knew. Well, we'll see a little more later when they're jogging. They, they That was filmed in San Francisco, so we get to actually see them in location doing things. All right, you guys have fun with that. <laughs> <laughs> Notes from midnight screening. screening. I think the audience is getting tired after the last scene. <laughs> because the football throws start and the, they do the usual male bonding, male bonding, <laughs> chanting on each throw. But then they run out of energy because there's a lot of throws in this minute. Oh, yeah. So the audience kind of shuts up by the end until Tommy or Johnny, well, Tommy tackles Greg, and then they start chanting sex scene five. (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Uh, You know, we don't even need to talk about any of the dialogue, because it's a bunch of useless crap they put in after the fact. But it is Friday. It's Friday, Friday. I know it. It all sounds like some bad movie. Man, since I've like, this is the fourth one I've been on. Yeah. And the last one was a good documentary about a bad movie. Yeah. So I wanted to do a good movie about a bad movie at the same time. Okay. Uh, Black Dynamite. Have you seen that? With Michael J. White. Uh, I don't think I have. No. Oh my God. It's a movie about black exploitation from like the seventies. Okay. But it was recently made less than 10 years ago. So he's got like the, the disco shirt that's open all the way down to his navel. Mm-hmm. He's got a fro, the handlebar mustache. He does, uh, martial arts because it's Michael J. White. He actually legit knows how to. Yeah. In a couple scenes, you see the boom mic, <laughs> but it's all done on purpose to make it look like it a look bad like it's from ex- the 70s. Yes. Like a bad black exploitation nice. film, but it's so great. 
Tommy, uh, what's his name? He was on In Living Color. Tommy Davidson. Yes, he's in it. He's great. There's a couple of scenes there where how Black Dynamite figures out who the bad guy is. And it's straight up hilarious because it's all off tangent, conspiracy type tangents. And then he just gets to it. <laughs> it is it is worth it. It's a good movie about how things Pretending to work. be a bad movie. Yes. So, yes. So that's that's it. It pretends to be a bad movie. But it's so good. Nice. That's interesting. I actually need to break my own standards because I wanted to mention, what movie was it? Born into Mafia. I talked about Last Vampire on Earth in the show before. It's directed by the same guy. It is not worth watching. (laughs) (laughs) I would not recommend it because, oh my God, it is so boring. Guy leaves the Mafia. He's like 20 something. Moves to America. They're going to send people to kill him. He never finds out that anyone's trying to kill him. Like He spends the movie oblivious gets in a relationship with some woman and then someone else kills the people who are after him and he never finds out. And I'm like, there wasn't even a plot (laughs) 20 minutes before the movie ends. There is no plot because now no one even wants him dead. He's just there. And I was like, what, why is this? This isn't a movie. I'm looking at this, like the box art or whatever it's supposed to be. It, it doesn't look like he even did on a green screen. Like they really cropped out everything does around him on Photoshop because you can still see like the lining around him. Yeah. So the director star is Vitaly. And I don't think that's him on the cover either. (laughs) Oh my god. I'm pretty sure that's not him. So the director actor is Vitaly Versace. Yes. That has to be fake. I don't know. But he he did make a movie. He did make a movie that's worth watching that I talked about on the show before. The Last Vampire on Earth. Which is also really bad, but it's entertaining. It's basically a remake of Twilight with a couple extra elements. Like the... uh, Kristen Stewart character has AIDS for some reason. What? And her family is weirdly religious and they're what Christian scientists, I think it is, where they don't want blood taken and stuff like that. And he wants to work with blood. And so even before they know he's a vampire, it's already weird. That one's entertaining. Born into Mafia is not. And, <laughs> but if you are really into bad movies, maybe you should watch it once okay. and then never again. I, I, I gotta look into this guy on Wikipedia. Because his his profile photo shows him with a, what is that, an Emmy? I'm not sure. Yes, he worked on something that won an Emmy. He had nothing to do with why it won an Emmy. Okay. I looked that up, yeah. It was like the art department of some show or something, but he was just a production assistant or he was some minor thing. He had nothing to do with it winning. But he got a picture of himself with the Emmy and put that on his IMDb. I'm like, oh my God. I'm looking at his, his uh, credits. I'm like, where did he get it? So, all right, so he was born in Russia. Yeah, he doesn't look like the guy on the cover at all. Mm-mm. That's not him. No, I don't think the guy on the cover is even in the movie. <laughs> that looks like Tom Jane. <laughs> but that's, that's, is the movie, uh, the other one, Last Vampire on Earth, they wrote a novel so they could claim it was based on a novel. Yeah. But the novel is basically just the screenplay. And they wrote it after so they could claim the movie is based on a novel and pretend it was an original thing and not just a ripoff of Twilight. What? I need to see if he's made other it's... things because I need to watch them. Uh... But he's he's bad. Okay. <sighs> so the lead actress here, I decided to like dive in a bit more. <laughs> Monica Mao. She was a associate producer on Tekken, Kazuya's Revenge. I did watch that. It's Tekken, yeah. I think it was. It is just watching it. Maybe that's the type of stuff that he like. How he found her? Maybe. No, it says that her first credit is Born into Mafia, and she was a producer. Her first acting credit, yes. Yeah, this 
and then Tekken. No, that's her first credit at all. Like it starts from that movie. So I don't know how she got her start. But anyways, Born in the Mafia, $200,000 budget estimated. I no Aspect ratio 1.78. <laughs> Was this online only? Yep. Okay, that makes sense. This is bad. Why did you do this to yourself? <laughs> that's what I do. <laughs> this movie only goes one hour and 18 minutes. <laughs> it's like it was made to have commercial breaks. Uh, yeah, it's, oh. it's at least, I mean, that was one where the credits go in slow motion at the end. So they take 10 minutes also. No. Yeah. So it wasn't even 78 minutes. So this movie is only, this movie is only like six, eight minutes. Yeah. This is like a Uganda film. It, it was like he was just trying to prove he could make a movie or unlike Tommy Basso, he was laundering money for the mafia. And this is how he did it. He did it through this. Yeah. Of course he made a movie about the mafia, which is a funny way to do it. This make it, I mean, it makes sense that that's what he would do. Yeah. It makes it, someone says that like, no, that, it couldn't be a laundering thing. It's about the mafia. It's like exactly. So basically you pay people that you want the money to be laundered to. Yeah. Well, that makes sense. So this is, you're literally witnessing a crime being committed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's still better than uh, Shark Exorcist where you might actually be complicit in the crime at the end of that movie because yeah. there's possible exploitation of minors going on and we're like, ew, what is this? Why is this movie? I wouldn't even recommend anyone watch that one. You you were witness to a crime. <laughs> I mean, yep. do you want to add that as your credit? Like when you <laughs> go to an interview, go like, I witness a crime. Yeah. Because money laundry. I'm going to do it on purpose because we'll go find yeah. bad movies and watch them on purpose. Uh, well, all right. That's my job. Anyway, <laughs> Johan, where can the listeners hear more from you? Yeah, you guys can find me on ID for a minute. It is a movies by minute podcast about Independence Day. I do it with Matt and Alex. Matt, I've done a previous podcast of Roughneck Minute, which is about Starship Troopers doing that one minute at a time. And Alex, he did Galaxy Quest Minute, which was about Galaxy Quest, which is a great movie. Oh, yeah. Not a bad one. But it's nothing wrong when people make it fun of the project. In this case, the room. The Room Minute is a production of Lemming Drops Studio. You can find more content at lemmingdrops.com. Follow The Room Minute on all the obvious social media. If you've got any stupid comments after the show, you can leave them in your pocket on Facebook. If you like what you hear, throw us a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice. Thank you for listening. And remember, if a lot of people loved each other, the world would be a better place to live. Leave us!